0: Another edition, of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey, and I'm joined by a very, very, very special person in my life. Uh, they are a graphic designer, a world traveler, an empathetic storyteller, um, uh, poet, social justice work as well. A lot of stuff. Um, and quite frankly, uh, there's a lot to get into. Um, but I'm excited to talk to them about their passions, Archie, and why they do what they do. Brie, thank you for joining me today.
1: Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. <laughs> How are you doing? Oh, I'm. Uh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. I wish it was a sunny day, but
0: yesterday was a uh, a fantastic one. Did you get any time outside yesterday?
1: Um, (laughs) no but i did lay in my hammock and look outside and that's nice the breeze it was good
0: that is good yeah Yeah. i to be fair i didn't really get much time to soak in how nice it was yesterday because the only time i went outside was when i walked to work (laughs) and i was kind of in a rush so i didn't get to like take my time with it or anything
1: that's lame
0: yeah it's is a bummer, but it, it sucks when you can only when you're only going outside for like a purpose and not just to be outside. Yeah, but it's getting there. It's gonna get into the seventies tomorrow. It's gonna be beautiful. Very beautiful. Be magical. Yes, uh, I'm sure it'll like awaken everybody's spirit tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, hey, this rain is necessary. As we see, the grass is getting greener. The flowers are budding.
1: I love flowers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: we, we got wild onion growing along the sides. I know. Those. Are, these are really the things we got to cherish when they come back to us. Um, birds, of course. Are, uh, you do be loving the birds. I fucking do. Uh, <laughs> how was your week? It's Friday. How was your week?
1: It is Friday. Wow. Um... My week was filled with a lot of really beautiful moments, and a lot of moments that were less beautiful, yeah. but it's a give and a take, mm-hmm. but overall, I would say I, I feel like I'm in good spirits, and I'm excited to see what comes next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I think you the, the mindset is there, you know? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy. We talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And so we met thanks to our uh, wonderful friend, Nicole, (laughs) Nicole Gorlick, the homie. homie. She uh, introduced us uh, when she brought you to... A Mister Nice Guy Presents show. I was. But she
1: didn't even come to the show. I like went to the show by myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you still had like a few friends there though. Yeah,
1: Molly was there, and I think Ari was there.
0: Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah. Those homies were there. <laughs> um, there's always like a different like uh, mix of homies, you know, depending on who can make it to what, yeah, right? Yeah. But uh, but yeah, you you came to my show. I think that was in October, and. Uh, like it was kind of just like oh hey hey I'm Ben yeah, there was no- I'm Bree I was like
1: that's cool yeah <laughs> great interaction
0: <laughs> but no it's been a it's been a wild and fun ride we've done some we've had some very uh rad adventures we went up north and had a cabin in the woods in the dead of winter it's very cold we got Maybe. fish fry <laughs> we uh, struggled to get snowshoes on we. Uh, watched some DVDs. <laughs> <laughs>
1: God, I brought my DVD collection with us.
0: Yeah, with yeah. like the old like uh the old um what what do you call it the
1: catalog? It was my mom's. It was we like, like yeah, the, the old catalog book to visit of camp the... while camping. Yeah, yeah, we used I to have that stole
0: too. It. I've really appreciated you for Sharing a fascination and amusement with the little things, <laughs> and how the little things all culminate into big things with you, if if that makes sense. Um, it's one of the me, one of the many reasons why I really appreciate having you in my life. But um, that said, you are an artist. You are a graphic designer. You are a poet. You have many many ways that you have creatively expressed yourself and poured your heart into the world around you. So for context, Bree, if you would care to share a bit more about your background, uh, (laughs) where are you from, like what was it like, What the environment that you grew up having an appreciation for your surroundings, like if you'd care to share.
1: I feel like you're setting me up now. Mm. Oh, we're
0: we're really on a roll here.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I grew up in a town called Conway, Missouri. 743 people. Mm. Shout out. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, rural Missouri. I grew up on a farm. Um, my family's lived in the town for generations and generations. My grandparents live across the, the field from us. Mm-hmm. And I think growing up on a farm... At the, I didn't appreciate it when I was growing up. I felt really limited by my surroundings and I just wanted to get out and see the world and that, I don't know, it kind of made me not appreciate it then, but as I started getting out and actually traveling and, I don't know, experiencing the world... It's only been within the past few years that I think I really reconciled, like, with my upbringing and mm-hmm. really appreciated just what a beautiful job my parents did raising me and my sure. sister, and the amount of land that we had to just like be able to run wild on, and yeah, just the connection to the land and the connection to the animals, and it's just it's a beautiful upbringing that I'm really fortunate that I had Mm -hmm. and I feel like it gave me like a unique perspective kind of walking into different spaces now when I'm mostly in urban sort of settings and Mm -hmm. working towards you know social economic justice all those things it yeah it's a good reminder that I don't know people exist in all different states and yeah it's best to not limit or I don't know think negatively about them necessarily so Right. So yeah, I grew up on a farm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I went to school about an hour from my house for undergrad. Mm -hmm. I ended up... I started studying environmental science and engineering, and I thought that I would work in renewable energy, but I realized that I just didn't really like studying science. (laughs) Uh, I felt like my soul was being stifled. So I ended up switching first to a graphic design major, and then... I realized that I also loved, like, the fine art component of Mm -hmm. graphic design more so than kind of the structure that comes with design. Yeah. So I ended up double majoring, and I studied printmaking and photography, but then I decided that I wanted more still, so I added another major, Mm -hmm. and I studied writing.
0: Um, How scholarly of you.
1: I know. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I studied abroad for a year. I lived in Florence, Italy, and study photography there and i also interned with a jewelry maker
0: Mm -hmm. that's Um, awesome
1: yeah i i got to know the local community there
0: you miss italy
1: i miss the idea of italy Mm -hmm. i have a very nostalgic lens on italy now sure i feel like i wouldn't want to live there again sure but i appreciate the time that i had and that's fair I appreciate the ways that I grew while I was there. I feel yeah. like that environment pushed me to grow in ways that I didn't even know I needed to grow in. Mm-hmm.
0: Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate what you said about like how um, growing up on a farm really helped you uh, develop an appreciation for like the open spaces and... All of the critters and the, you know, and the nature that dwells in that space that also, like, you know, thrives in it, and how much room, um, figuratively and literally, like growing up in such a vast environment like that can breed a keen sense of imagination, would you say?
1: Oh, I would say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, cause I relate, I grew up on a major street, um, in the suburbs of Chicago, like it wasn't in the country, but it was still a major street, my parents had a greenhouse, um, and, you know, on those acres of land, like, there's just a lot of plants everywhere, mm-hmm. there's just things that were growing, you know, all over the place, and, you know, all kinds of foliage, and, um, and there's just a lot of space to play. You know, when I was little, I know that you said that, like, you and your sister used to jump from the gra- the, <laughs> the uh, piles of gravel.
1: Oh, yeah. We pretended like we were Charlie's Angels. Yeah. We're...
0: Just having a lot of space to have an imagination. And, I don't know, just wonder what else is out there, if yeah. you will.
1: Yeah. I feel like growing up in an area where everyone did know each other, it felt exciting for me to be able to imagine mm-hmm. kind of what was beyond these you know four streets and all the fields and mm-hmm. yeah it gave me a total dreamers persona that I feel like I I feel like I've maintained to this day um, and I don't know I just I've learned to really value the physical I know, physical environment
2: mm-hmm.
1: value the sunshine the cycles the rain acknowledge that it all does feed into growth and everything that comes with growth decay death the cycles
0: right right
1: it's all kind of beautiful
0: yeah yeah it's uh all around us all the time but you rarely take the time to really stop and and assess it like, watch it happening, you know?
1: And that's where the, that's where the beauty is. We, I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but this idea that there's so much beauty within the small spaces, within these, like, mundane sort of liminal spaces, I think, too. Yeah. I feel like that's where... That's where living predominantly takes place, and I think that so many people just kind of coast through without even experiencing it. hmm And that's... Something that I've not always done, but something that I've been really intentional about as I get older is just really being mindful of the spaces that I'm in and the ways that the spaces are impacting me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah.
1: That's been what's guided me and kind of been my motivation and kept me going.
0: How environments make you feel like in like subtle ways. Yeah. Like how they affect your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions or ideas. I mean, in the same way that, you know, you look at works of art, like paintings, sculptures, any kind of art, really, it makes you think about things and feel things, you know, in a way that is visceral or palpable, but the same can be said about conventional objects too, or conventional places that may not have been designed for like outwardly aesthetic purposes, but they can still definitely make you feel. Um, a range of 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 things that can be nostalgic. They can inst- instill fear. They can be euphoric and emet and just fuel you with uh, optimism. Yeah,
1: I mean, I feel like those are my favorite kinds of things. And as much as I make art. More like in a digital world. I really love working with physical objects as well. And my favorite animal is the raven. Uh, Shout out to
0: Rae. We love them. Shout out to Corvids.
1: <laughs> but I, I don't know. I love the idea of these entities that are so attracted by just sort of these everyday objects that become treasures. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I found that I, I do in my daily life. I love collecting rocks um we got
0: a rock hounder over yeah. here
1: <laughs> Can thank my mom for that nice. we used to collect rocks from every place we visited and oh it yeah it's a fun adventure but shout out to paula by the way we love her <laughs> Biggest <laughs> fan. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah i i've started making more like sculpture like pieces with objects that i find so Like I found this spoon outside of my apartment the other day and I thought, interesting. Like there's a story here that somebody it was a nice spoon. It was clean and polished and had a really intricate design on it. And I thought, (laughs) somebody, somebody's missing this. And then I took it. (laughs) But now it's part of this wind chime that I made that just Oh hell yeah. I I think objects hold power and like there is this innate sort of magic that's within all, all things and For me, I kind of feel like at least one of my purposes on earth is to collect things and share my magic and I Don't know let it be a positive force in the world in whatever way I do it Well, so
0: that's beautiful. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I really admire that, you know, you just have a such a sharp sense of wonder being gentle, but also like, like uh, acting with intention towards like all that is around you. Um, that is something I admire very much about you. And so, um, so back to school. Oh, um, so yeah, you were. You said you had three majors. Sure did. So remind me what they were again.
1: Graphic design, fine arts, and writing. Rad. Yeah a trifecta.
0: Yeah. Well, those all do kind of play into one another Absolutely. pretty cohesively, I'd say. Like um so did you kind of like have a general idea of like what you saw yourself doing like at, like with those areas of focus or was it all just kind of like hey, I just I connect with a lot of these things and I'm just going to figure it out as I go along. <laughs>
1: what a great question um you know I think I've I've idealized certain like paths in life I hate I hate the word career I'm not going to use that word I think it's gross yeah I've imagined different ways that these all play in and I kind of hope that I can live as many lives as possible and see see those fit in different ways but at least when I was graduating, my intentions were to do some sort of multimedia storytelling kind of thing. Uh, I still would love to work for National Geographic. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just feel that words pair so well with this physical embodiment of what art is. And for me, I don't feel like one sort of thing can exist without the other. And While my art exists on its own in its own plane, I feel that the ways that I contextualize it through writing and through just this conglomeration of words just strengthens it and and vice versa. Things that I write are great on their own, but it's all about the context and the environment that they're placed in that I think Mm -hmm. gives them the power that they have. Yeah. So I don't know what I want to do with my life.
0: (laughs) You don't have to. (laughs) You know, like, I think that there's like such an inclination to answer that in such a straightforward way, but you absolutely don't have to, right? Like we're, I mean, some people, some people do like, will find what they love doing and they'll stick to it for the rest of their lives and be totally happy with that. And that's absolutely awesome. (laughs) Cool. You know, but not everyone is, some people just aren't don't feel like they want to, you know, pigeonhole one way of like expressing themselves or feeling like they're doing something that's really living into their truth. Cause the living into your truth can be such a variable thing, you know, like whether you do things simultaneously or you do many different things over the course of your life. And so it is totally fine that you don't got that figured out because <laughs> clearly I don't either. Um, cause that, that's kind of the beauty of having an open mind is that you're always still, um, there's always still, uh, potential to come across something later on that you found find that you love.
1: I feel like that's been kind of the story of my entire life, is just yeah. the way things somehow always seem to unfurl at the right times. Yeah. I mean, my whole path to even making it to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, was one that I never anticipated happening, but it's also been the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Serendipitous. Truly. Yeah. So you, after school... You were in Seattle for a while. I was. What were your takeaways from Seattle?
1: Hmm. So when I was in Seattle, I was working for an amazing nonprofit that I love with my whole heart. I'm gonna mm-hmm. name drop them: Alexander Hamilton Scholars. Right on. <laughs> um, but I had I had joined them back in 2013 when I was I was still in high school and that's one of those moments where I feel like I'm so glad that I stuck with a program and really just kind of trusted the natural pool that I was feeling towards it. Um, The whole organization is about empowerment and kind of developing leaders that are change makers in the world. And that's, that is how I would define at least one part of my identity. Mm -hmm. And so when I graduated college, I didn't know what I wanted to do and Hamilton happened to have a, position open up that i applied for mm-hmm. and i didn't get it but instead of just saying oh sorry like you're not a good fit for this position they just made a new position that fit my strengths
0: damn that's rad yeah <laughs> wish more jobs did that <laughs> shit down.
1: it's a people first approach yeah so so that's, that's what brought me to seattle was just this idea that people believed in me and
0: we're going to find some way to make you a part of this Yeah, and that's and a I, really awesome I, huge. philosophy
1: it's all about community and connection and so i feel like my my biggest takeaway from my time in seattle is just the power of people and the power of sticking together seattle is a beautiful city it's also a really hard city to live in it's a really expensive place to be. It's really Mm -hmm. dominated by the tech industry. There's huge disparities in wealth and it's hard to find housing and all of the things. And it's also just beautiful and surrounded by so much magical nature. Mm -hmm. And like any positive memory that I look back on in Seattle, it's because of the people that are there and the people that kind of made it feel like the home that it was for the time that it was. Mm -hmm. And... That is something that I've carried with me to Milwaukee, looking for community everywhere I go, and kind of forming those communities and weaseling my way into them. Yes,
0: <laughs> but you fit pretty—you uh, fit pretty organically into a lot of the spaces, um, which is you know, we like to think it's the Midwest charm, <laughs> right? I mean, you're organic. also a very likable person, but. You know, everyone's super friendly, welcoming in the Midwest as they like to, people like to say, um, I think that another thing about, you know, the, this idea of like figuring out what you want to do with your life, like we're taught to like, like it's great to be specialized in a lot of different ways. Like it's important to be specialized in a lot of different ways. But those specializations can also like, if you commit yourself to them, you can be great in many ways too. And I think that like we're kind of taught this notion through sta- this like, the standard academia model is like, you pick something and that's what you're <laughs> supposed to stick to for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And like, and that's what I thought I was gonna be doing. Like when I came to college, like the only thing I knew that I felt like I was good at or passionate about that I wanted to, like, get better at was journalism, was broadcasting. Um, honestly, it was more broadcasting than actual journalism. I just wanted to, you know, be in front of a camera and, <laughs> like, act up. <laughs> like, that's, like, what I, like, found I like doing in, in high school. but But then actually, like, studying journalism, like, I found I do really like it. Like I like telling stories, but I found out over time. Like I just don't know if I feel really cut out for mainstream media. I want to figure out a way I can creatively story tell about things I like to tell stories about, like music. Um, but then, and then eventually, that turned into doing political, like left wing journalism. Eventually, that turned into obviously podcasting. Mm-hmm. That turns into just finding different ways to use your skill sets in writing, as Mm -hmm. you know, like you and I are very privileged to have, like, to be able to like explore those different conduits of our passions because a lot of people don't or didn't, whether they, it's inaccessible for them right now because of socioeconomic and political, uh, restrictions, um, or people that our generations before us who just never felt like they had a whole lot of like flexibility with their passions and goals where they felt like they had to just do one thing for the rest of their lives mm-hmm. and didn't really have a lot of resources to like break out of that rigid rigidity you know like a lot of our parents have spent decades and decades doing the same things and sure they might once again sometimes they might absolutely love doing that but it's like fifty years ago, like, was it as possible or was it as accessible to like, you know, be able to explore a lot of your different passions at once? Mm-hmm. Like that's what I wonder. You does that make sense?
1: <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I feel like so my dad is, I think, a really great example of someone that really kind of broke the mold that was set for him. And he had been working kind of some like in like a factory and he'd been working since he was i don't know 16 maybe Mm -hmm. even younger and he's the hardest working person that i've ever met in my entire life but he just had this inkling of an idea that maybe he could be doing something different Mm -hmm. and something that like meant something more to him and he just decided he was working basically two full-time jobs for a really long time as he was trying to start his own business and Mm -hmm. received a lot of flack from a lot of people, but he just kind of kept going. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest privileges that I feel like I walk with is just having this sense of like entrepreneurship and bravery modeled for me when I was a kid. And that is something that absolutely has kind of influenced who I am to the very core. And, Mm -hmm. I just like I wonder how different I would be if I hadn't have seen that, and if if he hadn't have done that, Mm -hmm. our family would have been much different. Who knows where I would be, what I would be doing.
0: Capitalism likes to back us into corners. (laughs) It
1: sure does, (laughs) and makes it hard for us to
0: break out of that mold. Well, good for good for you, Dad. Yeah. Good for good good for Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. Then you came to Milwaukee yeah. about, what was that, like eight months seven or eight months ago now?
1: Oh my gosh, I came in August. Yeah, wow. That's wild. Time.
0: Damn, yeah. Wild. Um, <laughs> well, it's been great having you here. What do you feel like has, like, how do you feel like, you know, being here has benefited you most? Like, what do you feel like, I know you've talked about how you do love Milwaukee and um I don't know just like what do you feel like being here has allowed you to like really like continue actualizing yourself
1: Mm. like I came to Milwaukee because I got into grad school Mm. Uh, so I'm doing the Trinity fellowship program Mm -hmm. at Marquette studying Master of Communication. Mm -hmm. And the fellowship is social and economic justice focused. So it's a group of 12 of us and we're really motivated with whatever cause we're interested in or causes. But it's this really unique community of people that actually want to fight the good fight and do good work. Mm -hmm. And being surrounded by folks that are so driven and motivated and extremely kind at the core It's just so special. (laughs) It's making me like tear up. I'm just so passionate. Um, yeah, but I feel that, I mean, it all comes back down to people ultimately like me being able to find people that like see me as I am and like, love that is huge.
0: There's a lot to love.
1: (laughs) I contain multitudes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But it's just, it's been so great to feel like I've found a place that feels, it feels good and it feels light and it feels right. I love Milwaukee. (laughs) It's a great place to be. The sense of community is really strong. Um, There are so many folks that are, Doing really good work out in the community
0: and in a city that needs a lot of attention, yeah. Socially, yeah. economically, there's a lot of things that need a lot of fixing and justice in Milwaukee, but there's also a lot of really amazing things happening here, too. Yeah, people wise, opportunities, um, just uh. Yeah, there's there's definitely a huge charm here of a lot of with a lot of passion, passionate people in Milwaukee. That's why I love it too. Um, so I'd love to talk a bit more about your art. Um, so you know, you you do graphic design, but you also work with fibers and words. You know, <laughs> you uh, you uh, definitely like to tap into the mediums. So what do you feel like are some of your biggest like influences or inspirations in life, like artistically?
1: Well, that's a big question, man. I know. (laughs) Mm. I've always, I mean, we've also talked about this a little bit earlier, but I think my biggest motivator in art is just being able to pick up on the nuances that kind of exist And these in-between things Mm -hmm. because I so many things and places and people are overlooked and kind of not acknowledged or avoided or whatever kind of insert language here but that's where I think the real authenticity of life kind of comes through Mm -hmm. is through these these moments and these places and these people that are existing authentically as as they are in that moment Mm -hmm. and that's cause for celebration. I feel like that's the ultimate goal of life is to live authentically and to be real Mm -hmm. as whatever that even means Uh, define it yourself but for me making art is just about celebrating life and absolutely making people notice things yeah drawing attention to stuff
0: yeah yeah attention to detail yeah yeah right and listening to yourself as you're observing something yeah um or touching something um so i know you have an etsy um and you you actively take commissions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not advertising myself out to the world because time is a resource, yeah. a limited resource. But I do, yeah, I take commissions. I love drawing things with specific purposes. Mm-hmm. Um, my brother-in-law commissioned me a while back to do like a one-year anniversary card for he and my sister. And so I got to draw them and kind of look through old wedding photos and just create something that helps mm-hmm. celebrate the life that they're creating. Yeah. And I yeah, I mean I love drawing. I, I recently did a self portrait, which I don't yeah. do very often, <laughs> but I did and it's gonna be in a gallery that's coming up um next month so people are yeah. gonna see my face in drawing form oh my
2: yeah, god your face yeah.
1: and i recently this is this is breaking news shit i know um so well this part isn't breaking news but i so i entered an art contest a while ago um with this really cool organization called calm strips and Their whole thing is that they make sensory adhesive strips um, that are good for kind of like combating anxiety Mm -hmm. and stuff. So they're little stickers and they just have texture on them. (laughs) They're awesome. Um, They're soothing. (laughs) They're so great. Stick them anywhere. Um, But my design was chosen, I guess, one of the winners. So it was printed and um, licensed out for sale. And my design had sunflowers on it and... It just so happens that sunflowers are the national flower of the ukraine so that's been kind of taking off a lot and it's been like one of their top sellers and i was recently commissioned this is the breaking news um to do some more art with them and create more sunflowers and spread more positivity <gasps> i know it's wild
0: oh yeah i knew this already but this is for the what? record <laughs> No. Do we have so, to? can we talk off camera first?
1: <laughs> this is too breaking. Yeah. So, yeah, I I don't know, a lot of really exciting things are happening and people are noticing my art and that's really cool.
0: That's awesome. And I'm really fucking proud of you for that. Thanks. Big congrats that um that can you can continue cultivating that relationship. Yeah. Yeah and draw more flowers oh yes we all (laughs) life definitely needs more flowers that's true um that's awesome um yeah super super dope um what have been some of your recent fiber projects that you've done oh
1: um I made a lot of scarves back in the winter time. Mm, yeah, we need yeah.
0: we need a lot of those too.
1: I made you a scarf. Sure did. <laughs> back in the wintertime. They time. definitely did. <laughs> um, no, I think I've been exploring more with natural materials, so I love just going to the beach and picking up small pieces of driftwood and thinking about how they could fit together. And for me, like working with fibers and weaving is is in the most literal sense possible, thinking about how, how things overlap and fit together. And so it's just another extension of me kind of taking in pieces yeah. and making them into something more cohesive. And yeah. So my my most recent fibers piece was this, the, the thing I talked about earlier with the spoon. Yep. Uh, yeah. this, this wild sort of, Kind of wind chime thing that was all connected together with different types of yarns and weird rocks and things I had picked up.
0: Did you uh, go inside and listen to the band Spoon as you were <laughs> working with the Spoon?
1: That was my soundtrack while making it. How did you know?
0: You know, it just felt right.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's also very rad stuff. Um, and then you've got your poetry as well. Um, so like, I know you've said recently that you're very passionate about social economic justice. How do you feel like that kind of like influences the way you work artistically or like things that you like to incorporate in your art, um, based on your passion also for like, you know, wanting to write what's wrong with the world.
1: I think that's a great question. Mm. (laughs) Um, For me, so much of justice work and and work that is around social justice issues and things like that is about examining power structures and seeing who is Mm -hmm. hyper-visible and who is invisible and what those roles mean and kind of those implications. Mm -hmm. And so... When I'm making different types of art or if I'm writing poetry, I really try to look at what those dynamics are. And mm-hmm. I mean, that is, is—I mean, like I said earlier, that's kind of my whole motivation is just looking at what is overlooked and seeking to bring attention to it in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, if it is consensual attention. Definitely. Because um, <laughs> yeah. it's definitely a, a partnership among many different people and places and things but
0: yeah yeah for sure well yeah that said you know obviously I know you're in grad school but you're also like you know you you do creative projects when you can um, and you won your art contest which is super <laughs> rad um, as far as like goals and like what you want to um, you know I guess like what direction you want to that you see yourself leaning into from here like what are some things that you know you hope for your future um artistically professionally like marrying the two i always love answering this question
1: because hmm. i in the past, I've always been more inclined to give really concrete, tangibles. Like in five years, I see myself as a creative director yeah. at a nonprofit. which it's my
0: verbose way of asking. <laughs> yes. Where do you see yourself in X amount of years?
1: And that's not to say that I wouldn't like to be a creative director at a nonprofit. So if you're looking, let me know. Um, no, I, I think more broadly, I hope to remain soft in a world that is very hard, and. Mm. Through this softness encourage others to live more gently and that can manifest in a variety of ways so mm-hmm. right now I'm working for an environmental focused nonprofit and the Urban Ecology Center um, big
0: shout out to we the, love them. the UEC <laughs> yeah
1: but their whole model is connecting people with nature and they do it through disrupting these systems that are in place, they're reclaiming lands and transforming public spaces to be something that is not just a pretty park, but it's mm-hmm. a nature center and it has community programming and connections for kids and adults to learn together. and that type of model is just really inspiring to me, finding creative ways to actually bring people together into spaces, so I hope that in the next five years and beyond in general in life, the future trajectory is just filled with me finding ways to bring people together and I hope I can do that through my art, through my words, through my Charming personality.
0: <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> you need no help there. It's a very like open-ended, but also very intentional uh, goal to have. So, yeah, no, I really appreciate you saying all of that. Um, and I'm very proud of you. Oh, I'm happy to have you in my life. My um, last question that I wanted to ask you was so being as you've traveled a lot been to a number of countries um all over the country here um what have been some of the most impactful um places that you have traveled to that have really like you know instilled in you like how just you the way you look at the world and whatnot
1: oh my hmm I think about this a lot, actually, because I tend to get tattoos that are inspired by places that I've traveled mm-hmm. and the experiences that I've had while there. So, the f- I don't want to rank places because I don't... That, what does that mean? It's, yeah, what is a ranking it's not system? Some,
0: right. It's not something to quantify. Yeah.
1: But yeah. Uh, we, we talked about Italy a little bit earlier, and I mentioned that it was a hard place to live and I romanticize it now. Um, but Italy was one of those places. So I lived in Florence for a year and then I returned like a year later and I was conducting research in Rome during mm-hmm. the summer. Um, and I was doing a lot of work with like uh, refugee, immigrant and asylum seeking folks that um, were in Italy. And it was a, it was a storytelling kind of Project that kind of emerged from just like the relationships that I had created Or that I mean were created in partnership. I didn't do much Um, but I felt Italy was one of those places that allowed me to really feel like an outsider. I Mean I walk with a lot of privilege in life. Just one being a white person being a person that has a college education all those things Mm -hmm. and I think just feeling so outside of, like, a group was, like, eye-opening in a way that I just hadn't experienced before growing up in such a, like, an isolated kind of place. And Mm -hmm. so being in Italy, interacting with folks, being able to have stories shared with me and being able to create... um, Oh, magical sort of projects with with people was really incredible. So, I ended up doing like a photography series um, and like uh, with accompanying narratives with just like different folks in Italy that were kind of outside of the the normal bounds, and mm-hmm. that made me realize that I actually am really passionate about storytelling. Right on. So Italy does it for me. Italy's a rad place um i also have several tattoos that are inspired by my visit to japan and that was a trip that i felt like really encouraged me to connect more with just like the innate spirituality that exists in the world and sort of what that means and how that connects to nature and to these urban landscapes that we build so japan was really cool
0: it's awesome
1: I lived in India for a summer, um, I was in northern India um, in a town called Dharamshala which is where the Tibetan government in exile resides, so it's just this influx of different cultures, um, Tibetan and Indian, and then also Pakistani refugees as well, and that was wild to just exist in such a place that doesn't seem like it should exist but everyone just kind of makes it work despite all the differences mm-hmm. so that was really meaningful
0: damn <laughs>
1: I, I could name more there's a lot of places yeah. that have really shook my worldview and shook my core identity sure
0: yeah well It. yeah i mean <laughs> like you said i mean it's what we've been saying this whole time it's like you know you just take a lot in um with every place that you go, and it sounds like you've just had some very uh, visceral experiences um, abroad, um, and just have seen some very impactful corners of the world. And uh, hopefully we'll be continuing to see more of them, uh, one of which we will be traveling to in a few weeks here. Da, da, uh. da, da. <laughs> oh boy, we're doing it. Sure are. Yeah. Thankfully though, <laughs> because it's in South South America, uh, the time zones are not off from yeah. where we're not, we're at now. That Washington helps. Central. Yeah, it's
1: gonna be different. Different, but the same. But familiar.
0: <laughs> well, Brias, We're closing out here. Um, I ask everyone the same two questions. Um, the first one is, "What keeps you up at night?"
1: The passing of time.
0: Mm. The well, ever present
1: yeah. idea that it is taking away and. I think it's just this idea that I I just want to maximize the time that I have and there are so many lives that I want to live and how do I make that happen and how do I live in such a way that is not harmful to others? Yeah. How can I serve others? How can I serve myself and mm-hmm. be kind to myself through it all too?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. How can we make that living so many lives? an equitable thing for all to have the opportunity to do too. Yes. Um, because everyone deserves to have the opportunity to, you know, innovate a world worldly perspective. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, we're obviously very excited to do that. Um, but I hope that, you know, everyone all over the world can continue, can, you know, have ways to do that too. Um, but, but it starts, but you know, having it for yourself is also important because it helps you just learn about the world and how you can best suit it, how you can best adapt, how you can answer to many different kinds of people and cultures and, and you know, just like ways people live, like what you can do to best contribute. Um, what puts you to sleep?
1: <laughs> hmm. Promise of sunshining the next day. Mm. <laughs> like tomorrow.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. The promise of warmth, the promise of laughter. The promise of magic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if the laughter was like <laughs> <laughs> All the better <laughs> Thanks for being on the show. Hey,
1: Thanks for having me. <laughs>
0: you were great. Um, this is, this was a wonderful conversation. And, uh, so, um, I'll be tagging Bree Legan's, um, website and you can check out their Instagram. And do you have like a travel page? Don't you like a travel Instagram as well? Wanders and rambles. Wanders and rambles. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep up with Bree's. uh, insights there um, as they explore right Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, yeah uh, also hit them for a commish if if you are so inclined
1: pay your artists well absolutely
0: (laughs) that part Uh, thank you for watching Mr. Nice Guy we will see you next time cheers